How do you manage those problem areas on your vegetable farm? Perhaps those with historic drainage or yield issues? And what can we learn from other industries in applying precision technologies? Hi, I'm Carl Larson from RMCG, and we tackle these questions by taking a look at our KUIRUP demonstration site in this edition of a Soil Wealth ICP podcast. Shrewers and Sons and the Soil Wealth ICP team have partnered to explore the application of precision agriculture in celery, leek and baby leaf production systems. The demonstration site is located at Adam Shrewers Coralin Farm, about 80 kilometres southeast of Melbourne in Victoria. Over the past two years, Adam and the team have aimed to improve nutrition, irrigation and drainage management and insect pest and beneficial monitoring as a basis for soil and crop health. To achieve this, we've used technology like EM38 mapping, gridded soil sampling, variable rate fertiliser spreading, remote monitoring of insect pests and beneficials using traps with cameras, as well as drones. In this edition, we catch up with Adam, the Director of Field Operations at Shrewers and Sons, and Stuart Grigg from Stuart Grigg Agport Consulting to get their take on some of the key lessons over the past two years, from 2018 to 2020. Adam first. From my point of view, it was, it was probably the variability that we had across the paddock in the, the ranges of nutrition from one end to the other. It was quite um, very variable. And the fact that we've able to bring him right back into line in a, in a fairly short amount of time using the, the gridded soil sampling and the, the different precision methods that we've, we've used. It was fascinating to see that variability reduce so much, wasn't it, from 4 to 12% this crop compared to, you know, 45 50% last year, even though it was a, a great crop last year. Yeah, it sure was. Um, you know, the, the crops last year were good. Um, the year before that, before we even started with the precision ag, we had, you know, I had some patches that were quite poor and, and had some deficient areas with, you know, different different nutrients. Um, so to to have that improved to a point where we we had a a good crop to the following year improved to a point where you know nearly most of the variability was out and um, the crop was very uniform. Stuart Grieg is Adam's agronomist. Yeah, I guess I, I was blown away by the level of variability in the pH um, to start with in that in that paddock, the, the sort of northwestern edge of the of the field where I think Adam you mentioned the uh, a, a low lying area used to be and some soil was scraped into it to fill it. Um, and the, the variability in pH in that area which was impacting on yield and uniformity, um, we wouldn't have known it was there if we, unless we'd done the gridded soil sampling. Um, and we would have never known had a really good definition of exactly where that what that area was to then target that variable rate line um, in that area. Adam mentioned that the variability had always been in that area of the paddock. Since day one we've seen the variability and, and tried to go out and and hand sample in the areas that were poorer and, and weren't performing as well. Um, you know, small soil sample trials, but we just didn't seem to, well, it was obvious by the by the grid sample that we didn't solve that those variable spots we we had put on you know some small areas of lime in some of the underperforming areas 
before we went out into the grid sampling, but it was still amazing to see how how much variability was still there and, and how we've been able to bring that into line using the precision eggs. Stuart again. The pretty cool part of it was seeing how that area changed from year one to year two after the variable rate applications and to see how we were able to standardise that northern, those northern bays in that area where we did the VR lime on the previous year and then how this year the variability was coming into the more southern bays where we hadn't VR lime from memory um, and, and now we're, you know, we're, we're trying to standardise that, which is the better part of the paddock and to try and pick a little bit of yield up in there now. Adam, we were talking about turning some of the poorer performing parts of the farm into the better. Have you kind of seen that play out as well? had always been quite variable and, and underperforming, you know, as a whole. When it, we, I thought we would, you know, pick that as, as the demo site and see how we could improve it over the, over the few years. Um, to a point where now, um, you know, we've, we've kept standard practices up on the other side of the property and just normal manual soil sampling, but we've gone from an underperforming side to more uniform than the, the other side of the farm, which I thought was quite uniform before, but um, it's certainly not performing as well now as, as the area that's had all the attention in the demo site. And when it comes to harvest, that uniformity of crop growth really pays off for Adam. You can target a, a size that, that, that will be your main, your main grade or your main size of crop. Um, whether it be something that's going to the supermarkets or, or to the wholesale market. Um, generally, when you get a lot of variability, there'll be, there'll be small ones through the crop that you basically you end up dropping out or, or, or selling at a, a lower cost somewhere um, or sending for juicing or, or something like that. But by having everything a lot more uniform, you, you basically, it's, it's lifting your yield overall because those smaller ones are just not... Um, going to a lower price market or getting left behind in some cases when the when the market um, has too much around. Stuart highlights the importance for grower returns and sustainability. Yeah, I guess it's crop uniformity, like Adam's saying. It's it's that um, you know greater yield of of, of the grade one um, quality produce that comes off. That there's there's much less of the grade two quality produce. It's um it's making use of um, all the inputs. It's it's um, bringing grower returns up. It's uh, maximising yields. Um, it's just obviously helping grower overall sustainability as well. Um, in times where where input costs are are ever increasing, um, being able to focus and uh, and bring up a, you know, improve a five percent yield um, over over a paddock is a, is a huge win for a grower. Based on these findings, Adam outlines his next steps from a demonstration site point of view I mean I, I, I would still like to aim at, at refining things even further there's, there's there's only some very slight variability in there now but I'd like to be able to get it so there's one colour on the maps basically. From from the rest of the property point of view I, I basically I think I'm, I'll, I'll start heading as I have done on on my other properties is, is start getting the, the, the precision ag grid sampling done across the board and, and trying to maintain more uniformity. 
and some advice from Stuart for those growers looking to get into Precision Ag. There's been a, um, a, a bit of work in there, obviously understanding a, a technology that's been used in broadacre um, agriculture for a number of years, for, for 10 years or more, um, and, and bringing it over into, over into Hort. It's a, um, you know, we're, we're such, such more intense than what the, the broadacre guys are. We've got short turnarounds and we need to be nimble and flexible and that sort of thing. And I think the other part of it is understanding how to, how to interpret the data as well. I mean, Precision Agri Service Provider um, collecting data and collecting samples and bringing the data together. Um, but then we need it, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's really, it's about four of us that are actually bringing this to, to the fore that, that can actually make it happen. One, you've got the, the grower and the technology and, um, and, and the, um, the use of that, that technology on farm. Two, you've got the PA team coming in and putting the, the, the um, grid sample over the, over the paddock and, um, and designing the sampling, sampling methodology and then uh, getting the soils to, to, um, to the lab and, and, uh, and then being able to interpret that data to actually give the data back to the grower and the agronomist. Then you've got to have a, an agronomist who actually knows the crop to go through and um, sort out where the focus areas are. And then it's about the um, communicating and linking that out with the, a spreading contractor. And is investing in your own variable rate tech gear the answer? It's something that we, we do have to look at, particularly when it comes down to some of the, the finer trace elements that we've had trouble with applying in the past because they are such tiny rates they can't just be applied with a, a, a big truck so to speak or a big spreader they uh, it, they come right down to you know just in the kilos per hectare or less so building something that's you know custom made or, or something that that suits our industry and we can do small bits and pieces we can do an acre here or, or half an acre there um, is probably fairly important um, for the way we operate because we don't, like you say, we're not broad acre. We don't plant big, um, you know, 50 acre fields at once. In some in some cases, we're only planting an acre or two a week, and we need to be able to treat those areas um, ourselves um, as we need to. Soil health can come off second best with over 100 years of cropping at the site, 20 years with Adam and 80 years before that in potatoes. Stuart again. So to see the variability in that paddock, in a, in a, in a, in a paddock that's been cropped for 100 years, that we can then, that we can then largely, largely fix up in two years is um, a pretty good, um, pretty good uh, problem to solve. Some more lessons and an eye to the future for the demo site from Adam. There's certainly lots of things I've learned along the way and, and, and areas of, of the, the paddock that you put up with that have just always been like, you know, always had issues and you put it down to certain things but never really um, got right into the nitty-gritty of, of, of grid sampling and going, going that fine. Something I would probably like to do in the future is, is get the sampling areas even in, into a smaller area um, so we're, we're getting it um, closer and closer to, to perfect uh, there are, there can be some small areas that are missed but I mean on a whole I think it's, it's still done an excellent job but I would like to um, get a little bit finer with it and, and maybe even next, next year um, I think we've used mainly the same points year after year, so I'd like to just offset where those points, where those soil samples have been taken from and just 
actually have a, a, a bit broader look at um, what the what the field looks like now as far as um, pH and nutrients across the board. We've touched just uh, mainly around the, the precision ag and the grid soil sampling, but there's been a whole lot of other factors that have gone into uh, improving what we've done out there, you know, from Stu using the drone with, um, you know, different light, spec light spectrums and looking at plant plant counts, um, you know, trying weather stations and, and um, pest identifying stations. Um, I think it's just all been a really good, uh, a really good demo of, of what can be used out in the field as far as technology and, and what we can get out of it. And all of those things in the future, I think I'll be using more and more of. And the key take-homes for growers from Stuart. I guess it's been a pretty exciting journey, actually, where we've taken this PA technology in the last three years since I first um, started speaking with those guys about three years ago at an agronom agronomy tent, uh, conference up in Ballarat. Um, I, I think it's, it's a no-brainer for anyone breaking up new country, but I think it's been a real revelation for how it can work on, on older country as well and the benefits that, um, that it can give uh, to, to growers more broadly as well. Um, insect monitoring um, platform there will form an integral part of what we do going forward in that space as well. And I wouldn't have known about that, um, had any confidence in that, I suppose, without the, the um, ability to do that in this site. So it's been really good. It's actually good fun being able to, to, to bring all these sort of technologies together, isn't it? There's, um, there's a lot happening out there in, the, in this sort of technology space in, uh, in Hort, but it's, being able, it's, it's good to actually bring a lot of them together in the one site. Um, and, and really have a look at which ones we can use and which benefit, what benefits we can give as well. So just to recap, at the demo site over the past two years, we've found improved uniformity of nutrient availability through variable rate spreading, reduced soilborne disease risk and severity, faster infield monitoring of plant nutrient uptake to inform decisions, digital insect scout monitored crops around the clock as a backup and more consistent marketable yield from the treated areas. You can access a copy of the case study and download it at www.soilwealth.com.au. A big thanks to our demo site partners, Shrewers and Sons, the host grower, Stuart Grigg Aghawk Consulting, Metos ANZ, Precision Agriculture in Ballarat, Brown's Fertilisers and One Harvest and to our project delivery partner, AHR. The Soil Wealth ICP project is funded by Hort Innovation using the vegetable R&D levy and contributions from the Australian Government. I've been Carl Larson from RMCG and we'll see you next time on the Soil Wealth ICP podcast.